say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, all right. It's time for Buckeye Grove Instant Access. It's about time. With the latest breaking news, analysis, and much, much more from around the world of Ohio State. Brought to you by BuckeyeGrove.com and the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. There's so money and you don't even know it. Let's move quickly and hand it off to our host, Kevin Noon. It's time to start. Hey, welcome to the BIA podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Noon. Uh, I'm joined, of course, as always, with Keaton and Braden as we're sitting at an on-campus uh, dining establishment here, Tommy's Pizza, if you, if you guys want to advertise. And for those of you who just found the podcast without coming through the content item, we are talking about the all-decade team for the Ohio State football program for the 2010s. Uh, you know, we're going to we're gonna do an offensive piece and we're going to do a defensive piece. I think the off- offensive piece came together pretty simple. I think we have more debate on defense. So we'll get into that in the second show. You know, let's just get right to it, guys. Let's just start at quarterback. Um, it was really a two-candidate race. I think it was JT Barrett and Dwayne Haskins. And we are giving the nod to JT Barrett based on body of work. Um, I was alone to center with Dwayne Haskins and his record-setting year. Uh, but when it when it ultimately comes down to it, you know, I, I I was easily persuaded by these guys. So I think I, you know when I was looking at this entire kind of piece, my argument was that we should be looking at the body of work over the entire decade versus maybe one individual season of dominance. Because I think undisputably Dwayne Haskins was the best Ohio State quarterback during the 2010s and his one incredible season in 2018. But when you look at the overall body of work for JT Barrett, nearly 10,000 passing yards, over 100 passing touchdowns, it's hard to not say that he is the quarterback that embodies the 2010s for Ohio State. Yeah, kind of going off what Braden said, is just if you look at the statistics on this, JT Barrett dominates everything that's career for Ohio State, and then any single game, single season, Dwayne Haskins takes um, the lead on that. But I think just kind of like agreeing with Braden and how I approach this is just kind of looking at the body of work. When you think of the quarterback for the decade for Ohio State, you think of J.T. Barrett. He was constant. He was always there. His career seemed to span forever. And even though people, I think, had kind of love-hate relationship with him at times, I think he was the most effective for an entire career for Ohio State. Maybe if Dwayne Haskins had another year or two, you could, I would maybe lean the other way. But just J.T. Barrett for me is the choice. Yeah, if, if, if Dwayne Haskins had a second year, you know, if we're talking about 10,000 passing yards and 100 touchdowns, if he would have had a, a similar year, I mean, you know, he may not have been there with the passing yards, but he certainly would have been there with the touchdowns. You know, we'll never know at this point. And Ohio State has Justin Fields, and, you know, he very well 
you know, if I'm still doing this in another 10 years and we're doing the, the, the all-decade class of, of, of the 2020s or whatnot, you know, with one year inside of that decade, it'll be interesting to see where he stands against the, you know, potential that C.J. Strauss, or Kyle McCords, guys of that nature. Um, running back was really simple here. We'll kind of move through this one quickly. Zeke Elliott and J.K. Dobbins. Uh, you know, I... There have been some solid backs that have, have come through here, but you know I think those two have really set the gold standard. I think what even separates them even more is just how well they played in the big-time games. I mean, we think of Zeke's big stretch in the championship run, the three games between Wisconsin and Alabama, and then Oregon in the championship game, how well he played. And then Dobbins, I mean, the end of his career at Ohio State, I mean, people really wanted him to come back for a senior season because he would have probably broken the, single, uh, the career rushing record at Ohio State and just... The way he finished, I mean, it looked like his trajectory was just going up, up, up exponentially. And just the way he played in that Clemson game, even playing through the injury, I think that really like resonates with a lot of Ohio State fans. And the statistics for both guys is just light years beyond anybody else. Okay, you know, and, and you know, obviously Zeke Elliott is Zeke Elliott. And the touchdowns that he had in the, in the championship game against Oregon and just, you know, the run against Alabama and just everything else and – you know, I think one of the one of the sad things is is that when people look back at his career, they're going to be the what if game and that loss against Michigan State when, you know, he was dealing with the staff infection and didn't really get out there, and they ended up losing the game on the last second field goal. But you know, another time, another place for that one. Receivers, uh, I would say, is probably one of the spots that we had a little bit of debate. I think you know we'll start with the first two that were consensus, and that was Michael Thomas and uh, Devin Smith, and then we kind of. And we all kind of dovetailed a little bit when it came to the third guy. We ended up going with K.J. Hill. You know, Brian, I'm going to throw it to you to get your thoughts. So, I think, I mean, the argument with that third spot was kind of coming down to that H-back position with either K.J. Hill or Curtis Samuel. I believe it was me and Kevin who leaned K.J. Hill, and it was Keaton who was making the argument for a Curtis Samuel. And I think while I can understand the argument for Curtis Samuel, I think in those big moments he was maybe the better receiver. And in general, I think he may have been a more – you know, electrifying player for Iowa State, but I cannot in good conscience leave off the all-time leading receiver for Ohio State who did all of that in the 2010s. So I think, I mean, Curtis Samuel is an incredible athlete, and he's probably one of the best receivers to ever do it at Ohio State, but, you know, with K.J. Hill, you know, the records he's been setting ever since he got to Ohio State, I just, I don't see how you can leave him off of an all-decades list. Yeah, and then I think this is just a tough business, just the way I went with Curtis Samuel. I mean, if you think about maybe the moment of the decade, you're going to lean towards either the Zeke Elliott run to beat Alabama or the Curtis Samuel run to beat Michigan. I mean, those are the two moments. And just as dynamic as Samuel was, I mean, he was able to do 771 rushing yards his last season at Ohio State, paired with 865 receiving. And Kevin brought up a good point when we were talking before recording this podcast, just by you really didn't know what he was, kind of with that H-back hybrid position. And KJ Hill, you knew that was just... He was a wide receiver. I mean, if you want a guy who's going to catch the ball, that's the guy you want to go with. But I just couldn't in good conscience leave Curtis Samuel off the team, as great of an athlete as he was. And I want to put K.J. Hill on the team, but there's just not enough spots for him. But let's also not forget that if you look at the depth chart, what was K.J. Hill listed as in this last season? The H. So, once again, it just kind of shows how muddled it is. And I don't think we anybody truly is sure what the H is in a lot of respects. And, you know, I'll talk to Ross Fulton at a later date on that one because we've had some pretty rousing conversations about that situation. Um, you know, tight end, Ohio State certainly is not tight end you. Uh, you know, I think if I, again, as I said, if I'm doing this in 10 years, we may look at Jeremy Ruckert at this spot, but we ended up giving the spot to, uh, to Jeff Hireman. 
yeah, I mean, I think, as Kevin said, this is not a position where, you know, they were getting thrown to very often. So I, I don't have Jeff's stats pulled up in front of me, but it's just, you know, there really weren't any that made a huge impact during their time at Ohio State. But obviously one has to end up on the list here. And as Kevin said, you know, if Jeremy Rucker had come in maybe a year sooner, he may have gotten the nod here because there really just haven't been any, you know, earth-shattering performances from any of the tight ends. Yeah, and then Hireman, I mean, 466 receiving is pretty good for an Ohio State tight end in the early part of this decade. And then the only other guy I was considering was, like, Nick Vanette. But just Ohio State, like Kevin said, just really the tight end kind of gets – lost as far as, like, great offensive statistics. So they're usually doing the dirty work for the Ohio State offense. You know, I'll throw an older name out there, too. You know, uh, Jake Stoneburner was somebody that I kind of wanted to look at. But, again, you know, I don't think we ever really saw, you know, the full potential of his career. He dealt with some injuries. I mean, was he really a tight end? Was he a receiver? Uh, you know, that, that that's good for another debate, and I'm sure that people will debate that on the Horseshoe Lounge. Uh, you know, let's jump into the offensive line here as we wrap up the offensive side podcast. Uh, at the tackles, we had Taylor Decker and Jack Muhort. I put in an argument for Mike Adams to a certain extent. Uh, you know, I didn't go to the mat on this one. Uh, Mike Adams came in. He was a one-time number one overall prospect in the country, uh, kind of faded uh, toward the end of his high school career. And I think I think Jack Muhort probably – did more with a lower ranking than what Mike Adams was able to do coming in as, as kind of that five-star guy. You know, I think either could have been there. Um, but, you know, I, th- I, th- I personally am at peace with, 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 with Jack in that second spot. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you look at bo- – obviously they both had great Ohio State careers. And then when you look at, you know, beyond Ohio State, how they did in the NFL, I mean, T- Decker's still a starter with the Lions. And he's doing great there. Muhor had a nice career with the Colts that was unfortunately marred by injuries that led to his retirement. So I think, you know, when you look at their overall body of work in college and in the NFL, those are likely the two most impressive tackle prospects that have come through Ohio State in the last decade. Yeah, and then touching back on the Muhart and Adams thing, I mean, we were looking up the statistic on those guys. I mean, they both were on first team all Big Ten twice and then – very similar like um, draft position, so it's really kind of. I like Kevin was saying he kind of remembers Mike Evans' career a little bit more than me and Braden would, but just Muhart. So I think it's really kind of a decision of what you prefer, and I kind of lean towards Muhart just more because of the NFL career. Uh, guard, there was no there was no debate there. Billy Price and Andrew Norwell getting each of those spots. Um, you know, obviously Billy Price went on and had uh, you know had himself a little. A moment at, at center as well, uh, you know, not to get ahead, but, you know, that's where you're going to find uh, Pat Elfline at, uh, at the center spot, you know, a couple of uh, Remington Award winners. But when it came to guard, you know, I, I, I think I think uh, Price and Norwell were, were no-brainers. I mean, maybe with Michael Jordan getting uh, honorable mention. Yeah, and like, kind of like you said with Price, just the versatility there. And, I mean, that just seemed like a sure-fired guy for this, and there was just no debate. We all unanimously said him. And then just the first-round talent, being with the Bengals still in the league, it's just Ohio State, as far as like these top guys, maybe the wide receivers don't show up as much with like Devin Smith kind of in and out of the league, but the offensive linemen usually are sticking in the league if they're elite at the Ohio State level. Yeah, I mean, it, it is funny when you look at, you know, we have Price at the guard position, but, a, you know, a former Remington Award, Remington Award Trophy winner. So I think, you know, if, if we had kind of a, you know, a flex position on the offensive line, Price may have gone there, and then Jordan may have been that other guy at uh, the guard position. But I think, you know, I, I like who we ended up with uh, on the inside. Like who we picked, don't like who we picked. Sure, be sure to let us know in the comments there. Uh, join us in the Horseshoe Lounge on uh, BuckeyeGrove.com. Uh, you know, we're going to wrap up this offensive side. We'll do defense and uh, special teams in the next one. But, you know, for now, 
we're going to let you go and you know debate it yourselves. And Buckeyes have been pretty successful in the in the in the 2010s, and I think that we put together quite a team. You know, thanks for listening. Be sure to stay up to date with Buckeye Grove Instant Access when the news breaks or after the big game. Exclusively at BuckeyeGrove.com or anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher as part of the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. Hit that subscribe button so you can stay in the know and never miss a single episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.